This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, Trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Business bounce back. Just because we're open doesn't mean that customers are going to rush in the door. Presidential prediction. We think we're going to have a vaccine by the end of this year. 50 years after Kent State. 67 shots, 13 seconds. Good morning. I'm Steve Kathan in northern New Jersey with the CBS World News Roundup. More and more business owners are opening their doors in states across the country. Nice weekend weather brought out crowds of people in many places, some ignoring the call for masks and social distancing. There were more than 54,000 new coronavirus cases in the U.S. over the weekend and nearly 3,000 additional deaths. Our coverage begins in New York City with CBS's David Begno. The weather was really nice, and so people went to Central Park. There were a lot of people without masks. Crowds also gathered on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to watch the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds soar overhead. And on the beaches in Florida and Texas. Hundreds of people attended large parties in Chicago over the weekend in direct defiance of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's threats to stay at home or risk being arrested. We're not playing games. We mean business, and we are going to shut this down one way or the other. I'm Peter King in Orlando. Florida is among several states starting to reopen this morning, but it's a very slow and cautious reopening. Some businesses and restaurants can open up with reduced capacity, Governor Ron DeSantis says it'll be a deliberate process. We are continuing to stress the need for testing and building a a really strong infrastructure. South Florida counties remain shut down. Most of the state's coronavirus cases are in those three counties. President Trump used the Lincoln Memorial as a backdrop last night to say the country has to reopen safely, but as quickly as possible. Even as he predicts deaths from coronavirus will go up. Rapidly. I used to say 65,000, and now I'm saying 80 or 90. The president continues advocating for the country to be swiftly reopened. He says he wants to see schools back in session by September. He told Fox News he believes a vaccine will be ready by the end of this year. And he offered this vision of the future for the millions still waiting for unemployment checks. You get a job where you make more money, frankly, and I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have an incredible following year. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told ABC's This Week that China has to be held accountable for the coronavirus outbreak. The Chinese Communist Party did all that it could to make sure that the world didn't learn in a timely fashion 
about what was taking place. We, there's lots of evidence of that. Some of it you can see in public, right? Those who were trying to report on this, medical professionals inside of China were silenced. Pompeo insisted there's enormous evidence that the virus originated in a Wuhan laboratory. The FDA has given emergency approval to a COVID-19 antibody test that is said to offer near-perfect accuracy. The Swiss company that makes it says it does require IV blood draws, not simple finger pricks. At the Foreign Desk, CBS's Vicky Barker has the latest on the coronavirus battle in Europe. Italy was the first country in the world to order a nationwide lockdown. Now, parks there are reopening, restaurants can serve takeout, and people can visit relatives for the first time in eight weeks. In Spain, liberty, this cyclist shouts aloud outside again. Spanish hairdressers back in business and in Germany, which has also allowed some of its youngest children to return to school. Slowly, European life is returning, not to normal, but to a new normal. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. On 60 Minutes last night, correspondent Leslie Stahl revealed she has recovered from a rough COVID-19 battle. After two weeks at home in bed, weak, fighting pneumonia, and really scared, I went to the hospital. I found an overworked, nearly overwhelmed staff. Every one of them was kind and sympathetic. Stahl says she and other patients owe their gratitude and admiration to medical workers who have saved lives. History will be made today at the U.S. Supreme Court, as we hear from CBS's Steve Dorsey. This will be the first time audio of the oral arguments will be heard outside the courtroom in real time. The first case will focus on whether the online hotel reservation service Booking.com can be trademarked. Arguments will focus on whether so-called top-level domains like .com can make generic words like booking unique enough for a trademark. A half century ago, this country was divided by the war in Vietnam. And as CBS's Steve Futterman tells us, on this day in 1970, an anti-war protest on a college campus turned deadly. Fifty years later, there are many reminders on the Kent State campus. It's here where the guard fired. Where we're standing right now. Right where we're standing. Alan Canfora was a Kent State student in 1970. He was one of those wounded. A shot went through his wrist. I was going to walk up to the campus to attend the rally at noon. I thought we'd have a brief rally. It'd be peaceful. It was anything but peaceful. There was another confrontation. There were chants. There was rock throwing. The National Guard fired tear gas. Students were ordered to disperse. Then it happened. About a dozen all together stopped. They all turned. They all raised their weapons, and they all began to shoot. They have been shot. They are dead. Dean Kaler was also hit by a bullet. It injured his spine. He has been paralyzed for a half century. I could hear bullets hitting the ground around me, and... uh, Next thing I know, I got hit. That's where Jeffrey Miller fell. Jeffrey Miller was 20 years old, and the picture of his body lying on the ground next to a young woman kneeling and screaming in anguish became the iconic image of the Kent State shootings. It was taken by John Philo, who is now a photographer for CBS. She's staring at this gore. As I'm moving closer and I'm focusing, and then she lets out with a scream. It is considered one of the top pictures of the 20th century. You know, I still dream that I'm walking around. Dean Kaler says it's hard to believe it's been 50 years. I don't dream I'm in a wheelchair. I still dream I'm a tall, red-headed guy uh, walking around this earth. Steve Futterman, CBS News, Kent, Ohio. 
The first Monday night in May normally brings the glitzy Met Gala in New York City, but this year will be different. Smash your left. Every year, photographers clamor to get the best shots of stars like Rihanna, Lady Gaga, and Jennifer Lopez, dripping in diamonds, sequins, and whatever a particular year's theme calls for. Tonight, Keep me up Vogue editor Anna Winter says she hopes to bring a bit of joy on her moment with the Met live stream on YouTube with a performance by Florence and the Machine, a DJ set by designer Virgil Abloh, and new videos from Cardi B and Stella McCartney. It'll benefit the museum's Costume Institute. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News, New York. The clothing retailer J. Crew is filing for bankruptcy protection, citing debt and slumping sales during the pandemic. Some of the chain's stores will close for good, but it's not known how many. That's the Roundup. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> respond too quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.